This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Shut Your Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freebus. He is Jared Morgan. I sure am. How's it going, Chris? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, so it's a little odd for me. We're, we're recording on Friday instead of Saturday, and it's Friday evening for me and Saturday afternoon for Jared. So uh, our times are a little bit, uh, little bit funky. Is that going to affect us at all, you think? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. It's uh, yeah, highly unlikely. Probably not. The uh, time <laughs> yeah. is relative, anyhow, as the doctor says. <laughs> yeah, basically that is the uh, the the truth of the matter. Um, so there's not a whole lot of uh, pinball issues that cropped up this past week. Um, basically, the uh, beta for Indy 500 has uh, gone up. Ooh, and cool. I wish I could. I wish I could report on playing it, but unfortunately, um, I push the start button and it just gives me the start Bing, but the table itself doesn't load. Ooh, <laughs> um, that's not so good. And uh, yeah, so but other people have been able to in the beta have been able to to touch it and open it. So mm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It's one of those issues. I wish I could have reported more about that. But I wonder why it's. It, maybe it's some sort of like. Uh cached state issue or something like that with um, the table uh, with the app. Well, I, it, this tends to happen with the first table of the season also, ah, because right. there's that funky weird, well, it's not part of a season and how do they release it? And I know that uh, Mike Reitmeyer had opened it up to uh, free play rather than limited uh, by the score oh, play. Okay. Sort of like um, made so a special concession just so you guys can actually test it before they, I guess, you know, provision the entitlements for the season officially. Right. Yeah. But I, I personally have always had problems with that very first table uh, oh, okay. getting it to, to function. So, yeah, it's one of those things. We are still waiting to see any sign of Indy 500 on Android at this stage. I believe they're working on mm. it, um, but it's not quite up yet. But that's pretty typical okay. because I'm pretty sure that you guys get it on Steam first and android not android ios well we get it before ios gets it first that's right because they have to because of the submission issues they always get it at least a week before uh steam gets it yeah Um, because they just have to because of submission um delays so yeah so it's ios and then steam and then uh android and yeah that's how it rolls and then six months later ps4 <laughs> yes, and so unfortunate that they had to wait that long to actually put patches out. It just sucks. I'd hate to be on a Which, console. I gotta say, okay, so right now, people, uh, Steam sale is happening. Oh yeah, it is too. Prices are really good for picking up the seasons. Basically, Farsight made it so that uh, not only did all the seasons go on sale except for season five, but the pro price of the season is the exact same price as the regular Ooh. price of the season, or maybe like three cents more. So that's point a being, yeah. Point being, go ahead buy the pro version, buy the pro, uh, and get. It'd be good to actually get more eyes on it as far as the public goes, because you know not a lot of people would actually get the pro. It's no, you know, based on. I think a lot of that comes down to the sort of like value argument that they've had for pro in in the past. 
Yeah. Um, there, I, you know, I've actually recently got some pro packs, um, and I've got to say, from a testing perspective, they're great because the ball control. Um, oh yeah, allows you to actually just move the ball exactly to where the problem is. Like th- there might have been a case in the beta where we had some problems with um, like plastic transparencies. I think in, mm-hmm. in the Rescue Nine Eleven beta, some of the early betas, the when the ball was going underneath the plastics, it was losing all of its texture and just going this weird sort of pattern. So with the the, the ball control, I was able to guide it directly up to just like a little bit inside the plastic, a little bit outside the plastic, and then take a screenshot. And it was so clear, but trying to do that actually in game, yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, pros pros good for that, but also just exploring the table, like and really zooming in, um, it's kind of cool as well. Particularly on those new, the newer like sort of season four onwards tables, where they actually got yeah. better equipment to capture play fields and stuff like that. You can tell because everything's really crisp when you zoom in. That is one thing I got to figure out with uh, this might be a glitch with the new UI, one of the bugs. But um, all I can do right now for table exploration is panning and zooming in and out, but I'm not able to travel up the play field. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I got I haven't reported it yet. Um, I think somebody else actually already has. But Okay. Uh, there might have just been a bit of a camera glitch. I know that uh, I think... Uh, reading the recent news and information thread, which rarely gets updated anymore. Um, But I think somebody put the changelog up for Steam and what was released, um, like in the official update that's happened a couple of days ago. And there seems to be quite a lot of improvements to cameras and stuff like that. So I just wonder if it might be related to that. It could be a bit of a um, a, a regression, minor regression. Minor regression. Also in the Steam cell, I got to mention uh, Zen tables. Most of them are on severe discount. Also, ah, well, they, they're pretty so, good with their discount. So they, yeah, it's, you yeah. don't have to usually wait a while to get a Zen table discount. No, on. usually you can get the Zen tables for half off. Um, if around you wait Christmas. long enough, you can get it for seventy-five percent off. Yeah, normally around Christmas and like all the um, digital like Cyber Tuesday or whatever they call it as well, they often discount, don't they? Yeah, it's about three times a year. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty good. So you can pick up a bargain. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm just saying to all you console owners that have a PC, just do yourself the favor. Just eliminate the headache. You you will be amazed at how many fewer things you have to complain about. Now, new things you'll complain about, like if you decide that you want to rotate your monitor and then go portrait mode and <laughs> you know that kind of that kind of thing. Sure, there may be new complaints, but you know, as far as you the, get the tables on time, you get updates on time. It's like you can ask access oh. discounts like that you just don't get on consoles. It was um, it was such such the best move I made not going past season two on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you just know, sure, well, so. If there's people out there with consoles going, you know what, I'm sick of this shenanigans. I want to get onto PC. What do you reckon if they were to go, right, I've got an existing box, but maybe I don't have a really great video card or a processor. What would I need to do to upgrade my box to get the best pinball arcade experience? What do you reckon? You just need a better video card. You need a dedicated video card. um, And not the cheapest one that you can find either. I tried going that route. It doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> I spent have like, one with at least lots of onboard RAM, like at least 512. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had spent like, I think 
uh, maybe 80 bucks on a dedicated video card. And I don't think I ever had any, actually, I don't think I ever had any problems with, uh, with pinball arcade, even mm. in, uh, DX 11, oh, but okay. it, it, it had a problem with other games and, yeah. uh, I know I've had less issues when there's been multi-ball now that I have a better video card. Yeah. Um, because it's so all about, it's, um, I think the the video card or the graphics GPU does a lot of um, physics work as well. So it, yeah. the the CPU does the game emulation and keeps that running, but all of the physics timing and frames per second, everything like that is all offloaded to the GPU or, the, or your graphics card. So if you're skimping on like the specs of the video card there, you, you would obviously have a bad time. Because it's doing yeah. So right now, work. right now the uh, video card I'm running, uh, it, it helps when your uh, PC case has a clear, uh, oh. you know, side, so you can see into it. I was wondering what um, you're doing down there. <laughs> <laughs> For those who aren't on Blab at the moment, Chris is just contorting himself underneath the desk. And going, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> uh, so I have an NVIDIA uh, GeForce GTX five. No, excuse me, uh, six seventy. A six seventy, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm running currently. Um, it does a fair fairly good job of running everything um i did run into when i was playing the new uh, rise of the tomb raider game uh it, there was there was times in the game it was not happy um mainly when there would be all of a sudden probably more than five uh ai enemies rushing at you right suddenly it would stutter to about i don't know maybe it seemed like it probably was about 12 frames, maybe six frames per second. Ooh, so, I mean, tricky. people were literally leaping across the screen. Yeah, but the thing tricky. is, I didn't, yeah, but I didn't want to turn down anything because walking through the snow just looked awesome. Yeah. And if I turned down the graphics, it just looked like mud. And it was like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can deal with this. I can survive. I don't mind if the enemies um, are a bit janky. I'll just nail exactly. it. Exactly. I'll just nail it with my guns and they'll be dead before I get, <laughs> before they get to me anyhow. Right. So anyway, that video card is, I believe, three, maybe four years old. Oh right, um, and it still runs it pretty uh, well. And it run and it runs it runs TPA perfectly fine. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you don't have to go all out. Oh, you uh, don't have to get a GTX nine sixty with you know two gig RAM on board and all that sort of stuff. Right, but you can. Right, it'll serve you very right. well if you want to play other Steam games. But for if you're just wanting to meet the minimum requirement, man. What is going on there? You a drag well, trip? Are you at Daytona or something? <laughs> this this is what happens when you're recording in the afternoon. Yeah, we have the uh, the people that go, "Hey, let's ride the mini bike up and down the street." You know, so no flare and it's a lovely noise. Yeah, um, quite wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's all right. Here they come again. Here they come again. Yep. Oh, oh, they're going quiet this time. Oh, doing, Here we go. They're doing quiet runs. <laughs> we have the same problem here. It's it's fine. Uh, oh, my wife is going to help me by shutting the windows. That's the other thing. I have all the windows open because it's uh, a bit hot. Yeah, you know, over there. It's a bit hot. It's not hot yeah. here at the moment. We've got a um, a weather pattern that's drawing all the cold air from the southern states of Australia all the way up to Queensland, and mm. you know, it's for Queensland, it's pretty cold out there at the moment. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, so it seems like getting back to the uh, the, the whole steam, uh, getting your your PC spec'd out if you've got a console and you want to be done with that. Um, yeah. It seems like you don't really need to have a super high spec GPU no. to run it all, so it might be worth investigating. Like you just get like the because there's a the Steam 
version of TPA, you get a free table to try, don't you? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just like everything else. You just mm-hmm. download it and give it a go. And if it if it runs like rubbish on your computer, then you can... I mean, it. not that, not that uh, uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights is any table to really push... No, you know the 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 thing on, but it gives you an idea. Um, I think you could probably easily get away with spending under two hundred on a video card, and yeah. it functioning just perfectly fine. Okay, so that's food for thought, I guess, for those people who are just done with consoles. I, it would annoy me. I wouldn't want to wait for yeah. six months. To yeah, have a table. No. They'd drive me insane. No. Speaking of, uh, if you have expendable cash. Mm. So there is an artist by the name of Sam Van Dorn, and he has this... uh, It's not really him doing the art, because you wind up doing it in the art yourself, but he's rigged up a pinball machine with a uh, white surface, six flippers, and uh, with latex paint, you bash a ball around on this thing, and it obviously puts down the trails of the pinball. And then at the end of it, boom, pops it off the thing. And uh, boom, you got pinball art to hang on your wall. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's called, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing this. Uh, it's S-T-Y-N. So I'm saying Stein. Yep. I think it's pretty And well. uh, Sam Van Dorn is a Dutch artist. And apparently he's touring with this device. Uh, His to various device. This artistic device. Uh, he's currently in Europe. So I'm just saying, if you all are interested in something unique uh, that is pinball related, uh, definitely would be maybe worth searching this guy out. Um, I did a basic Google search of his name. His last name is uh, uh, Van and then D-O-O-R-N. And then uh, I typed in S-T-Y-N for the uh, the art project, basically, and all sorts of Google things popped up. And you can check it out for yourselves and, and look at it. But it is it's pretty pretty cool looking. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that game that we were talking about that was in iOS. Uh, Inks. Yes. Yeah, it Inks. looks exactly like that, actually. Yes. Very cool. I wonder if they were inspired by this and um, went, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, or maybe I this guy was inspired know. by that. I don't know what the genesis of was of it, but it sounds really cool. Um, well, because this guy's project has been around for, I believe, four years. Okay. It so, may have actually been the digital version of it then. Um, yeah. Uh, inks. So that's very interesting. Yeah. It looks cool. I definitely wanted to, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to highlight that as one of those, you know, it's not often that we have something pinball related besides, you know, back glass art or uh, a stripped play field that you can hang on the wall kind of thing. Exactly. This is far more accessible so. than that. I'll put the link in the show notes if you're listening to this uh, after the fact. So check out the show notes to get the link to that. Just on them because they worked out what was going on with that. There was just one thing they had to change in the, the, the app itself to just fix the whole lot of textures, which is good that they found that. Um, so that's a positive. Um, the icons are heaps bigger. So they're about... Okay. Yeah, and they're huge. You can actually see what the, what the tables are now. Like if I Oh, good. So your fingers can actually touch them. On my app. <laughs> like, you know how small they were before. They were pretty, pretty tiny. And the hitbox on them, when you were scrolling through on a small screen... I was playing on the, on the Shield tablet. So 
you know, it was pretty pretty small on that, but yeah, um, on a little phone, not really a good time. So if I go to the well, I do I do have a stylus on on the Shield tablet, and you're I, like getting ready to bust going, out a stylus. Mm, maybe I should <laughs> use that. But yeah, they're about twice the size now, so um, they're <laughs> they're very big. You can see the graphics easily. They've increased the uh, the size of the Pro um, banner on each one as well. If you've got the Pro mode for them, so it's it's much much more visible now and uh, looking much better. Um, oh, good. And they're yeah, pretty good. You still really can't scroll that list though on the controller, which I'm sure that's something they'll actually start to put in. Like in future releases, they'll actually start to put more and more of this control support in. Um, but you can actually click through a lot of the screens now and and select stuff with the controller. And the the B button will actually take you back in screens and stuff like that. Um, and some of the the settings persistent things they've worked out a little bit better too. I'm still not seeing the sound options persistent between restarts. So if you set it and then um, play for a session. It will keep all the settings the way you have it, mm -hmm. but when you go back in, I don't think it's saving the settings still, which is a little bit weird, so they're going to have to work on that, but overall, things are happening with it, so if you think, oh, that's a lot, like, whatever was released, that's all we're going to see, and it's going to be like this forever. It's not the case. They are definitely trying to fix all the problems, because they knew they it, it was, like, a little bit early to release it, but they just had to, because it was blocking development on Indy 500, so... They'll just keep on improving it, and it will get better. So keep on. And, you know, they came on uh, the forum and specifically posted, hey, gang. Yeah, constructive is the key. We understand the problems. Yeah. Please continue posting your constructive criticism. <clears throat> constructive. Jared, you actually did something constructive because I had pointed out yeah. that uh, one individual had made a video yes. of all the things that were wrong on Steam uh, in portrait mode. Because the the landscape mode was not too shabby, but the portrait mode there was just heaps of I, I heaps did, of yeah, for issues the that were happening. So I pointed that out to you, and you did something did a kind on Android video correct? of walking through each screen, um, trying to use a controller on each screen to show which ones didn't have any controller support or limited support. Um, I also stepped through all the settings screens to describe how I think they should work from a user's mm -hmm. perspective. Um, all the sorting in the tables. I also walked through how those should behave, how they should be grouped as far as I could see based on the other apps and other programs that I use. Um, and it turns out that, um, yep, they were able to use a lot of the stuff in yeah. that video. It took, because I'm in Australia, it took me about 70 minutes to upload that video <laughs> um, to any to YouTube so I could actually share it privately. But um, mm. it was worth it because it really helped them understand from a controller's perspective interaction and also just uh, a user, an end user expectation, just what they needed to fix uh, more urgently than others. And it's, and it's because as with any criticism, this goes into Nothing. the, you know, rather than going, I hate the new UI, it sucks. Well, what are they going to do with that? Nothing, <clears throat> right? They've already moved forward. So instead, if you can, you know, whether you can do a video, which is an awesome way, because that really shows them explicitly what is going on, because no, there's don't. this weird thing with somehow <clears throat> the devices up at Farsight don't react like every other person's device at home. Um, so, no. So it's really handy if you can show them point blank. This is what's happening. 
otherwise, if you can write act a uh, really descriptive uh, text about what is going on with your experience, uh, you know, what versions you're using, uh, what the steps are that you took to have a certain thing, or just how something should behave. Uh, walk through the steps of how you feel it should be, be you know, behave, not just that doesn't tell them. Hey, exactly you know, when I use my expect. controller, I should yeah. be able to just scroll through anything. Well, again, that's not really piecing it together. Right, because now they have to figure out what you talking about when they go into the store, when we go into the uh, main menu select, does it, you know, there's so many, there's like, it makes it very difficult. So if you really want to see something effectively happen, that's the way you can do is make it point blank obvious. Uh, be respectful about what your requests are, but also yeah. say, hey, this is uh, keeping me from enjoying the product as I enjoyed it in the past. Please implement something like that. And they will listen. Things will change. So I just wanted to kind of point that out uh, that Jared had done that. Uh, I wish I could remember the yeah, guy that I was uh, definitely inspired by that. Hook you up with the link to, you know what? I've got to, to see who did well. it like, too. It's uh, the right to give thing him credit, to do, but and anyway, it's the right way to do it. And like the video, I was frustrated in the video, and yeah. I was speaking in a bit of a frustrated tone. And they could tell when I was getting frustrated with the menus because I was going, I was clicking the button, and nothing's happening here. Why isn't anything happening here? And yeah, you know, it's actually okay to be frustrated when you're talking about something, but at the same time, it's the way you talk about the issue. You should always say, this is like, a, it comes yeah. back to like how to raise a bug. It's like what the steps are to reproduce it, what you expect to happen, what's actually happening at the moment. Um, and if you, you break down your suggestion like that, that makes it very easy for a developer to go understand where you're coming from and then hopefully try and implement your fix. So that's just a bit of a tip. Tips for all. Hey, so that's about the end of our show this week. Next week, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to talk about Indy 500. I think um, um, it was one thing I wanted to mention in some as well. way, shape, or form, if not released um, outright. And it was to do with about these um, things. those on Android. Um, you'll know that I've sort of created oh, yeah. an Android user guide of sorts that explains at the time some of the shortcomings in the version 1 UI and ways to work around those shortcomings and, you know, just to sort of help users sort of understand how things are structured and why they're structured like yeah. that. Well, of course, with the new UI coming out, that guide's pretty much obsolete now. So I'm having to think about, is it worth making a new one? Or is it worth um, perhaps taking a different approach to it? And I'm thinking, rather than having like a, a cover-to-cover user guide, actually making a knowledge base um, using uh, this service called Gitbook, because um, it supports like an FAQ style um, interface. And I can group it still, you know, on audio, on table setup, or, or you know, to like categorize everything, but actually have it more like a question and answer sort of thing and do it like that instead of like a traditional cover to cover user guide. I'll still put pictures and stuff like that in it, which I didn't really have in the first guide. And it was a bit sort of like a bit of a wall of text. So I think doing it this way will actually prevent a bit of that sort of wall of text stuff coming on and it will it would sort of just <laughs> chunk down the information really what they call atomically if you're a technical writer you'll know what i'm talking about um and make it so you only have to look at the one thing and it all like uses a search index and everything so you can put your question in there and if there's something written about it you can uh uh put the you can get the answer but if there's not you can also suggest something that you'd like to know about and i can probably get the information for you as well so it'll be sort of more interactive than just the user guide so keep a look out for that as i use i'll be reusing probably a lot of stuff from the old guide but i'll just be putting it in a slightly different structure because a lot of the issues still remain um 
so you know mm. keep an eye out if you've got any ideas of what what you'd like to see um you can email uh blah blah blockade at gmail.com or you could tweet me um or send me a message on the forum uh whatever you like just give me some ideas and i'd be happy to to talk them over with you yeah tweet jared at jared morgues you could uh tweet me at shut your traps or best of all, tweet the show at Blockade. Also, make sure you visit our website, blockadepinball.com. Uh, that's where all the episodes are hosted currently. And uh, any other information, like all the show notes uh, of what is in each episode, uh, what minute markers are, stuff like that, if you want to skip around. And also, as Jared points out, um, if there's any websites that we would reference during the yeah, that's right. uh, episode, he posts them in the show notes. You can quickly be able to uh, scan those and find them. Also, make sure you uh, check out our T-shirt. Represent. Proceeds from those sales go to forward slash show expenses like you know, website shirt. hosting and and stuff like that and and pizza. No, not really pizza. <laughs> no, we just keep it strictly to run the show, so we don't take it. We don't take a salary for this. <laughs> um, imagine if that happened. We do it for our own pleasure and hopefully yours too. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, we will uh, catch up again next week and, uh, enjoy whatever pinball you can possibly get your hands on. I'm looking forward to, uh, trying to mm. pummel more of no fear into submission. It Unfortunately, it's been pummeling me into submission on TPA. Um, it's, it's one of those tables where I should, I should like, like it, that for me too. and it's, it's just, just one of those tables. It's beating tricky. me up, and I can't get a grip on it, which sucks. So, <laughs> See you later. Yep. Anyway, until next time, folks, we're out. Warning. The following contains little to no actual talk about pinball. Yeah, very interesting. Now, the yeah. other thing I wanted to... Uh, to talk about because you know me i like to talk about non-pinball things mm. so i came across uh this guy's blog and his blog is called this hipster of marriage announcement from the new york times is the most insufferable yet right eh? <laughs> now <laughs> i've come across a couple of things hipsters in general don't bother me no um they're more of an amusement you know i will happily laugh at the man bun and yep. uh and everybody's wonderful beard that they're growing. Now and then I've come across interesting images where, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it here before, the the coffee shop that was advertising with the barista, uh, and he was wearing a flowered shirt with a bow tie. He had the tight shaved head with the uh, pompadour on top and the long beard oh boy. and tattoos of pinup girls on his arms. <laughs> and, of course, and, of course, the coffee that he was, oh, suspenders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the coffee that he was pouring was in some, you know, funky decanter kind of thing. I mean, it just screamed hipster, ultimate hipster, Mega right? Hipster. Uh, so I, yeah, so I find it more amusing than anything. Uh, but this this particular article, now I'm not going to read you what the blog is. If you want to read the blog for yourself, uh, and the guy that uh, posted it, he has all sorts of commentary about this and it's hilarious um if you follow me uh blockade on twitter the link is in the uh the twitter account there and we will but i want to read you show notes as well after the fact i just wanted to read you what the actual uh announcement in the new york times was and jared i'll let you uh just laugh and mock I, along the all way all right i'm prepared <laughs>
Okay, so so here it goes. It's story time, folks. <clears throat> when Nathaniel Peters goes for a walk, he often sings aloud, which may be a genetic trait. His great-grandparents were Maria and George Von Trapp, who founded the Trapp family singers with their children and whose story was the basis for The Sound of Music. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This, this, this isn't even... That was the this. introduction. <laughs> that was the introduction, that nothing. So here we go. Mr. Peters, 30, also appears to have inherited Maria Von Trapp's exuberant climb-every-mountain attitude. You know that look that a golden lab has when chasing a tennis ball? That's how Nathaniel chases life, said Ryan Patrico, a friend. Growing up, on, <laughs> growing up on Martha's Vineyard, Mr. Peters was bookish and interested in existential questions and distinctive clothing from an early age. He's the kind of person who wants to wear bright orange shoelaces in his very fancy dress shoes, said Claire Rose, a friend. He's often seen in a bow tie or some kind of hat. Miss Rose added, he knows what he likes and nothing he likes is run of the mill. Do you hate this guy yet already? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. By the fall of <laughs> by the fall of 2013, he was a graduate student in theology at Boston College, fluent in Latin, fond of three-piece suits, and living in a house on the edge of campus that was full of people studying religion and philosophy. Yeah. Is he a barista as well? It's good that he's getting an education <laughs> in something that's you know really going to pay off, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's got to be, right? Oh, no, no, no. Wait until you... Oh, okay, it's coming. All right. When, when asked for words to describe himself and his friends, he replied, you could try Haiti. On the one hand, we are people who enjoy lots of books and investigating particular questions having to do with the human existence or God or the nature of beauty. <laughs> But at least three of us are capable of cooking dinner to Taylor Swift and enjoying that too. So is this biography? <laughs> is this... Oh, that was just him. <laughs> now comes the moment when we. Oh, is this we a biography or wedding announcement? Seriously. That was just him. <laughs> Again, this is a wedding announcement. Barbara Jane Sloan, a fellow graduate student in theology at Boston College, who was known as Jane, lived in a house across an open field from Mr. Peters. The two had met briefly during the summer of 2012 at a mutual friend's wedding, and he remembered her as quiet and thoughtful. There was an introverted loveliness about her, he said. By contrast, John Petkin, a friend, said Mr. Peters possessed an ear-piercing loveliness. A loveliness so loud that it would Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how her name is Jane. It's like plain Jane. <laughs> um, that fall, Miss Sloan and Mr. Peters got to know each other better. She wore Warby Parker eyeglasses that were almost identical to his. He appreciated both <laughs> liturgical music and Ella Fitzgerald, as he did. <laughs> yeah, just let that sink in, people. <laughs> you do, I, I'm not a bully or anything, but I want to pummel this guy. Um, growing up in Carmel, Indiana, she was a bookworm with an early curiosity about God. When she was small, she'd say things like, "This summer, I'm going to read the Bible," said her father, what Dan Sloan, to a wedding announcement. Seriously, <laughs> the the. <laughs> The two began walking back and forth to each other's house for long talks about early Christianity, her specialty, or the pros and cons of joining a religious order. 
Sometimes I could hear him coming so because he'd be singing dudes. to himself. Usually opera, said Miss Sloan, 31. Singing opera. This guy's a kid. <laughs> well, as, as the blog commenter going, he goes, Jane, we have some questions about your boyfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you say beard? Um <laughs> When she visited his house, she generally arrived with an armful of baguettes and pastries, leftovers from the bakery where she worked. Of course she did, right? I started referring to... (laughs) Yes. I started referring to her as our friend with (laughs) Bredafits, he said. Uh... (laughs) He did not own a car. But she did, which also helped forge a bond between them. She often gave him ride to tr- rides to Trader Joe's for groceries. This like a it's like, can they name drop like... any more about <laughs> just how unique and quirky they are? <clears throat> no. <laughs> Apparently, you can submit wedding announcements word. through the Jeez. New York Times, like you know, <laughs> society page probably. Um... <laughs> it was. It was always an adventure, she said. He'd get in the car and he'd have a CD or magazine article he wanted to read me or biscuits he baked that morning. I was like, who is this guy? And I'm more a slow, plotting, contemplative person. And he's always on the go. I'm sorry, but these people (laughs) sound like... Wow. If he's the one that's always on the go, she's practically comatose. (laughs) I'm just... One day, he borrowed her car and got into a minor accident, which left a bumper dented and a headlight wobbling like a loose tooth. When she saw the damage, she just laughed and got out some duct tape, which really impressed him. His words to me were, Mom, she's being saintly about this, said his mother, Elizabeth Peters. Still, neither thought of becoming more than friends, partly because one or the other was usually dating someone else. Yeah, sure. Also, (laughs) Miss Sloan said, It took a while for me to wake up to how great he was. It took a year of friendship. During that year, they created several traditions <laughs> together. You're going to love these. Sunday nights were Sherlock and Downton Abbey. <laughs> Sunday or when those were not on, Splendid. Shakespeare, oh. he said. <laughs> they formed a group that gathered regularly at his kitchen table to sing in harmony, and he taught her how to cross-country ski on the trails outside the Trap Family Lodge in Stowe, Vermont. Eventually, Miss Sloan said the two were spending so much time together that she asked him, Is this fair? We are not too close, right? He said, No, we are just two pilgrims along the way, traveling together for a while. Early in the summer of 2014, he invited her and some other friends to his family's house on Martha's Vineyard. It was a disaster um, weekend for me, she said. They, they what do you think happened there, Jerry? It would be a disaster for these people. <laughs> <laughs> Close. My hat. Oh, <laughs> my no. hat blew off while we were sailing. <laughs> I lost my sunglasses in the water. Nathaniel and I went. No, Nathaniel. Nathaniel and I went swimming. No, no. It's Nathaniel. There's no way he's a Nate. There's not a chance in hell anybody ever calls him Nate. Uh, Nathaniel and I went swimming, and there was a riptide. He ended up carrying me out of the waves. I had this moment of this is really nice, she said. But at the same time, I thought we have to not be holding on to each other anymore. Not long after, she recalled, he asked her, remember our conversation about being two pilgrims along the way? Well, I would like to make a slight amendment. I'd like to take you down to the public garden and have a picnic and read from P.J. Wodehouse. 
for once, it, both were I'm single gonna, at I'm the same make this time. Back room, eh? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is flaming absurd. I say, <laughs> flaming absurd. <clears throat> On July twenty third, twenty fourteen, they arrived at the garden carrying a picnic basket and something fresh. A novel by Wodehouse, which he wow. read aloud to her under a willow tree. It was the best first date ever. Over the next few days, they continued reading a, reading the book together. Near the conclusion, Mr. Peter said, There is a great description of a kiss. We both got impatient, so I thumbed to the end of the book, read it, and kissed her, he said. It wasn't long before they were musing about marriage, which Mr. Peters imagined would be like entering a deep mystery with my best friend. Miss Sloan, who is now a PhD student in theology at Marquette University in Milwaukee, said she could never have conjured up a partner who could cook, right. analyze medieval texts, climb trees, and dance as adroitly as Mr. Peters. If someone asked me for a list of qualities, I would want an ideal That's person. No one would my list would fall so like short of who Nathaniel is. So like, far short, What's my said. thing? Uh, yes, I like to uh, decode medieval text. That's an absolute must in my partner. Um, and I also require much pastries um, and uh, top hats. That's what I want in a partner. Um, and neck beards as well. Must have a neck beard, otherwise it deals <laughs> off. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you, get the, you get the feeling that yes. Wes Anderson is even creeped out by these people. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it's boy. like his movies are a little too spunky for them. Um, on uh, May 31st, 2015, he proposed in a tiny stone chapel that his great uncle, Werner von Trapp, built in the woods behind the family lodge. He asked her to wait outside while he decorated the floor with beeswax candles, arranged in the shape of a heart and a cross, which glowed in the dark like a constellation. I came in, and the first thing I remember is this beautiful smell of beeswax, this lovely warm smell, she said. I gave him a hug for support, like, we both know what's happening. You can do it. She was 90. By the time the proposal was over, <laughs> over and she accepted all the candles that had melted, I said, I've... <laughs> I said, I have a feeling this is what marriage is going to be like. <laughs> yeah, watching, watching candles melt. Oh, we just had this moment of intimacy, and now we're sitting here scraping wax off the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> on June 4th, they were married at Blessed Sacrament Church in Stowe. He in a vintage morning coat, and she in a gown that was both subtle and sparkly, like her. The couple created a 16-page illustrated pamphlet to guide the 172 guests through the careful, cur carefully curated nuptial mass, <clears throat> which was led by the Reverend Brian E. Daly, a Roman Catholic priest. Yeah. Now, if you've ever been to a Catholic wedding, they're insufferable. <laughs> they go on oh, forever. The fact that this guy had songs. to add in 15 oh, songs geez. just kills me. <laughs> Along with many prayers, blessings, and readings, there were 15 different pieces of music performed. Mr. Peter described his music as <laughs> joyful, rich, lush. Lush like a forest, not like an alcoholic. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that, mate. Because, I want to be you know, one. Sorry. It's the only way I would be able to stand this to wine after this because I'm going to need one. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Patrico, the best man, watched the groom throughout the ceremony. 
He's <laughs> sitting very erect in his chair and he's swerving and bobbing just like a conductor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just going to take a bit of a Bills and Boone turn then. It was becoming allergic and like getting a, a sneeze. He was a bit erect um, in his chair. Okay, here we go. It's getting interesting. Oh no, but it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> he picked out all the music and he knows it by heart Aww. and it's the music he chose to express these feelings he has for Jane he was crying at the end of every piece of course he was afterward there was a reception in the wedding meadow outside the family lodge what, with views again? of the Worcester mountains oh, what, and no, maple just... syrup and little leaf shaped bottles like, as oh, gifts yeah, for thanks the guests for the, like, maple syrup, the like... Like... <laughs> wow that's like so thoughtful any pastries to go with that probably <laughs> right there's probably bread. <laughs> In the days leading up to the wedding, the groom said, I felt like I'm wading into a pool of joy, <laughs> and I don't know the depth of the joy yet. Right. Then then there was, there was an update to this, because they published it, uh, this little tidbit. Who is what? The couple made a graph of their wedding guest professions for fun, and to examine the kind of people with whom they spend time. There were 12 doctors, three astronomers, four computer programmers, 18 PhD students, <laughs> four Roman Catholic priests, 10 teachers, and one private investigator. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I just thought I would They're share that all with you as a, uh, just to know that <laughs> as, Please, as messed up I, I as some people on our forum can be, heretic. Any Nobody's day this messed week, up, which I am anyhow. Uh, yeah, he is more normal than any of these. I was gonna say, I just messaged with him today. So. Um, <laughs> no, these are the kind of now. I don't know if you have uh, NPR radio in Australia, here, but we of. here in America have it's yeah. national public radio, and. Mm. The way the hosts of the radio programs drone on, yeah, it'll put you to sleep in five minutes. There is just zero emotion. And I've run into people that regularly listen to NPR, and I always just question their sanity because I can't believe that they put up with this. Um, but I imagine that this couple not only enthusiastically listens to NPR, oh, but yes, then, oh, they had now and then comments about they how ooh, like, they got rowdy that night. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, it's just going oh. crazy. Quick, we need a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as, the, as the blogger uh, commented, he said, something tells me this marriage had more to do with the fact yeah. that in order to get the inheritance, he had to have a family <laughs> and uh, she's looking at it more <laughs> as a, Hey, this yeah. is a person that's never going to bother touching yeah. me. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, <laughs> and they, lived. And they so, lived happily. Anyway, if you after. want to read the, the commentary, like I said, the commentary is hysterical. Um, in a wedding meadow. Yeah, I'm surprised a, they didn't with, go out wedding to meadow. The green, I'm green sorry. Pastures <laughs> and do a big "The Hills Are Alive" <laughs> montage as part of the like after the uh, reception. You know, wow. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball, makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. 
installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.